When we put our children in the care of other people, like at daycare or school, ideally, we would love that the same rules that apply at home also apply there. But in reality, your child's daycare will most likely have their own set of rules because they have to function in a completely different way. That can make certain things feel more challenging, like potty training. The good news is having a separate set of rules for home and daycare is not as hard as you think it might be. And we'll tell you why this week on the podcast. Plus, how do you know when it's time to end the dream feeds? Or should you have dream feeds at all? A mother in Knoxville is trying to figure out if her 10-week-old is ready to drop that dream feed and how to make that transition. Oh boy, what we have to tell you about that feeding might sound counterintuitive, but it is going to help you to be so much more successful in helping everybody sleep soundly. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Laura. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast. And remember, the best decision is the one you make. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the Moms on Call. For nearly 20 years, Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they have this podcast to talk directly with you. Ask your questions at 888-234-7979. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. <laughs> Hi, my name is Mallory. I'm calling from uh, Madison, Wisconsin. I have a three-year-old daughter and an almost one-year-old son. I just wanted to ask, um, we've been trying to potty train my daughter. Um, Her primary motivator is social. So as you can imagine, it's been tricky, but um, she does go to daycare full time. And I just wanted to see if the daycare is insisting that she wear pull-ups. What would you recommend? Once we kind of reset here and start again, just to make sure we keep things as consistent for her as possible. Um, Love your books and your other materials. Thanks so much. So, oh my gosh, it's so hard, right? When our kids are under the care of daycare or another caregiver and we're trying to do things one way at home, but, you know, someplace like daycare... They may have their own set of rules and guidelines that they have set in place. The great news is that three-year-old will know the difference between what can happen at daycare and what can happen at home. Oh, that's such great news. Oh, And so to answer your question very simply, we can drop those, um, (laughs) no pun intended, uh, pull-ups for home time. So you don't have to keep the consistency of pull-ups at home, even though they are required at daycare. That's totally fine. And here's the phrase that we use. Pull-ups are for sleep times and daycare. And it's just as if that is the most normal thing in the world that happens. And if we're confident like that, then they will be able to navigate the pull-ups at daycare and navigate no pull-ups and what you were doing before at home. And Laura, you and I talk about this a lot. If it wasn't for daycare, and we respect and love them, oh, daycare workers, we gosh. love you guys so much. One of the hardest jobs. Oh, trying to potty train a whole teachers. group of kids. Yes. yes. Oh, gosh. However, 
If it wasn't for that one factor, I don't think potty training would stress us out. Right. And it doesn't mean to stress us out, but it is that you can't move up to the next class until your kid is potty trained. That forces us to get so obsessed over that timing. And, you know, I loved what what you said before with, especially with your twins, (laughs) when we talked about potty training, you're like, I just don't potty train them. Like they're going to figure it out. They'll figure it out. And it was the best thing that I could do. However, I didn't have that pressure of daycare or preschool or mother's morning outs or what have you. So, so it did allow me, I'm so grateful that I didn't have to navigate that, but we know that that's not reality for so many of our families. And I think when we kind of say, okay, you know what? Our kids are strong, adaptable, and resilient. They do know the difference. And so if you, as the mom, have you know their design, right? So you said she is a social, mm-hmm. I think is what you said. Which is one of the hardest Ooh, to potty train, by the way. Because so don't put me <laughs> in this bathroom with nobody to look at me and talk to me and, and have fun, right? Well, and if I don't do it right, or if I don't do it at all, yeah. and you react to that, oh. your reaction is a motivator oh for my me. Gosh. Like, I, I love to see close it. close can those eyebrows yes. get together and raise up? They're all... I love the way that looks on that on my mom's so curious, face. not mean spirited, no. spirited, but curious yes, like about how, how that frustration this? plays out. Yes, and so I think it's just so important that if we know that she is ready, and you've read through our potty by design resources, and you know that she's ready, then you keep moving forward at home with those steps. Daycare will let you know when she no longer has to wear pull ups. And it doesn't hurt to ask daycare as well. Like, are there any other options? Do I have to have her in pull-ups at all times while I in daycare? So make sure you have the conversation. If they still, if that's their rule that they have to be in pull-ups, that little one's going to do just great. And if I was in daycare, I could, I'd put that rule in place. I understand. Well, and I have, I have on many occasions had that. Um, situation. So when we designed our potty by design resource, we did it to honor daycare workers. We did it to honor parents, but most of all, we did it so that we could understand how to positively affect our child's ability to do what we know they are perfectly capable of doing. And each design dictates what course we're going to take with that potty training, what words we're going to say to fortify the capabilities that they already have within them. And so those are the things I want reflected even more so than whether or not they're wearing pull-ups. What I want the message to be is, let's say for an engineer, is that you'll figure it out. You're going to do this when you're ready. Can't wait. Because they want to be a part of that decision-making. They want to have control over the decision-making when we make it a process for them. Three steps that happen all the time. It suits their little inner engineer. Now, you have a social kid. So the social kid, if we overreact to either end of when they get it right or when they don't get it right, if we overreact at either of those times, what we're going to do is put a power play in place they're going to be more interested in our reactions than they are in achieving the potty training and achieving the skills in order to do that. So we like to keep it nice 
and easy, easy going. When you don't do it right, oh, yeah, you know, you'll get it. get it. When they do do it right, we don't have a parade. We don't invite over the neighbors. We don't give them stickers. It's just, oh, yeah, I knew you could do it. And so that way, we are not putting what just fuels their little mind, this big reaction of, oh, you got it, and I want to tell everybody. We don't associate that with this potty training. It's just the most natural thing that ever happened, and we knew they could do it. And so when we just have these little insights into who they are and what they're looking for, then we really can help them to tap in to that little achiever that is in there and that is capable. And it also helps us end the daycare as that process goes on. That the most important thing is we're going to send them a message that they're totally capable of doing this and we're not worried. Here at the holidays, it can be so challenging to get home in time to make a really great nutritious dinner for everyone. And one of the things that I love about partnering with America's number one meal kit, HelloFresh, is that they provide pre-portioned meals that you can cook at home. So it's still a great activity. You can make some of the meal plans in as few as 15 minutes. You can involve the kids if you want to. And then you can eat a meal together where you just have an opportunity in this really, really crazy time to be able to connect with each other and eat something nutritious. When HelloFresh sends me some of their pre-portioned meals, which I love because I don't like to throw out food, but I got the box and there was a shepherd's pie in there, which I sent over to my mom. So she came and picked it up and she used it. And she, she added a few ingredients of her own to make it taste exactly like the shepherd's pie we had when we were kids. And so she had all the ingredients really that she needed and enjoyed it so much. We had such a fun time and it tasted like our own. So you can always add a little bit of the flavors that you're accustomed to. We always say, Laura and I and our families, we had eight kids between us. And sometimes it's a challenge to make mealtime stress-free. And that's what we really want. And HelloFresh is partnering with us in order to provide that for you and your family. So if you go to hellofresh.com slash MOC free and use code MOC free for free breakfast for life, one breakfast item per box while subscription is active, that's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash MOC free with code MOC free. I think that you'll find that there are many days of the holidays where you just feel like you can slow down for a few minutes and connect and even maybe try a few new flavors. So on this holiday, from the Moms on Call family, the HelloFresh family to yours, we hope that you enjoy every single chaotic, wonderful, nutritious moment. Hi, my name is Amanda. I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee. I have three children aged 14 years, 10 years, and a new little one that is 10 weeks old. So I've recently found Moms on Call have been so impressed with your sensible and straightforward approach to raising children. Your podcast has been such an encouragement to me. And as I've heard you say, that confidence is contagious. And I've found that to be so very true. Your encouraging and uplifting podcast has built up my confidence. And now I'm able to pass that on to my little one. So my question is about nighttime feeding. My daughter's 10 weeks old. 
She's about 13 pounds, is no longer swaddled, uh, but we do use a sound machine, and she is on a consistent daytime schedule. Up to this point, I've been putting her to bed for the night between 7.30 and 8 p.m., and then giving a dream feed at about 10 o'clock. She usually wakes up in the morning about 4 o'clock to feed and go back to bed. But in the past couple of weeks, she's been starting to have some changes to this routine. A couple of nights, she's been super sleepy and wouldn't take the 10 o'clock feeding. Um, some nights, she has been able to sleep until 5.30 or 6 a.m. And other nights, she's been up at 3.30 for a feeding. My question is, should I continue with the dream feed since that was, that's what we've been doing so far? Or should I drop that dream feed at 10 o'clock? Any advice that you can offer about if or how to make this transition would be greatly appreciated. Thanks so much. You are doing such an incredible job. And oh my gosh, you're just in so many different life places, right? With the older two kids and now this newborn. And, you know, life happens and it goes sometimes at the speed of light. And we've got sports events and, and activities at schools and just things that may might hinder some consistency, but you're doing really, really well. Going to bed somewhere around that 7.30 mark is crucial. And here's the thing, and this is great news. No more dream feeds. Because dream time should be for dreaming, dreaming. not for eating. No. What you think about when you get up in the middle of the night? Like if I got up in the middle of the night and just like decided I'd have maybe a little steak. <laughs> it's going to be harder to get back to sleep now my digestion is going and so the best thing to do is to really remove all the additional stimulation out of that midnight time you were talking about that 10 11 o'clock there is a principle that seems so counterintuitive and Laura and I have seen this so many times that says that sleep does not shift, it expands. So if we feed them later or we drop a little quote unquote dream feed in there, it actually doesn't make them sleep longer. And what we find is what exactly you've described is that actually it can snowball in the other direction. Just getting the stimulation of that gastrointestinal system involved at those hours of the night. That's not what we're trying to train this little body to do. So we're going to make a couple of changes. And when we do, you're going to be right on track for what we see in this age group. And, you know, that four o'clock feeding right now, we're transitionary around 10 to 12 weeks. So we'll see that that feeding will get closer to five. Once we drop that dream feed, I know it seems so counterintuitive, but it's going to happen. Bedtime at around 7.30 p.m., no dream feed. You'll notice that we might have some stirring here and there as this schedule kind of gets settled in in the long term. And then there'll be a feeding around 4 or 5 a.m. We're going to try and coax it closer to 5 because of where we're headed. So we'll probably do 7.30 p.m., then somewhere between 4 and 5 a.m., and then again at 7 a.m. And so that'll kind of be what our nighttime begins to look like. And and we got to realize that, you know, you've this is 
the weight is great. She seems super, super healthy, right? And we've removed that swaddle. So that does give you a little more lead way versus, you know, running in and soothing every five minutes. You can start to stretch that out and get that closer and closer to that 6.37 a.m. mark. Over the next seven to 10 days, we're talking about seven to 10 days from all night sleep. So make sure your daytime routine is intact. We want to make sure that those feedings are done at about the same time every day. We also want to make sure that she's in nice footed pajamas so she can start to explore that crib and move and scoot around. And then we definitely want to get rid of that dream feed. And in seven to 10 nights, we'll be through this transition. We'll be having different wonderful dreams about how well rested we all are so that we can enjoy all the places your mind has to be with older kids and babies together in the same wonderful, amazing family. And so congratulations on all of that. We want you to enjoy every second. Jennifer. Yes. One of the most fun projects that you and I have been able to work on the last year was <gasps> the Moms on Call Sleep and Grow mattress what? in conjunction with Colgate because they sat us down and said, tell us everything you want. We're like, really? Everything? Because it seems like maybe some things might be cost prohibitive. <laughs> some things might be impossible. I don't know. But they get, they did. Their factory is here in Atlanta. Yes. So it was so much fun to be able to go and watch and see what they were doing and have been doing forever. It's family owned. It so family. we got to meet everybody. It we was, met grandpa. We met grandpa <laughs> up on the ladder at the top of those rafters, right? And But they brought in those big things of material mm -hmm. so that we could choose which one we wanted for the cover of our mattress, yes. ours. It was so much fun. And we know and you're going to put sheets on it, but under the sheets, it's very pretty as well. So and important. yes, and soft. But, you know, of course it's us. So, safety was absolutely paramount. And there were a few things that we wanted. We wanted it to be breathable. It had to be flame retardant, but not have chemicals on it. We wanted it to be eco-friendly. We came up with everything we could think of it. And they said just, yes, 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 <laughs> yes. And the one thing that we were so excited, because, you know, so many of us, we have more kids and we have kids our kids grow from babies to toddlers, and who wants to go buy another mattress for our toddlers? So we actually created dual firmness so that it's nice and firm for those little sweet newborns, but we can flip it over so it's a little more comfortable for that toddler. And so much of our furniture does that. Like even, you know, when our kids were growing up, we had furniture that would go from a crib to a toddler bed. So it's just perfect to grow up with so many of the furnishings and so we can keep costs down. And it just shouldn't cost you to keep your baby safe. And I think that was one of the things we were so excited about was that we got all the things we asked for. Plus, it is absolutely affordable. And so we're so excited about it. We want you guys to go take a look, see what you think at momsoncall.com. Go check out the Moms on Call Sleep and Grow mattress together in conjunction with Colgate. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. If you have a question for Jennifer and Laura, call 888-234-7979. Visit momsoncall.com for resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive your amazing parenting journey.